This is Mike Corey from ESPN, and you're listening to the Sports Objective Podcast, the unofficial podcast of the Pirates. Welcome into the Sports Objective, and we are on the air. Happy New Year 2022, and we're finally back. I'd say we took a little bit of a hiatus. Uh, Matt Semenza had to travel the world in a handful of days, and so uh, we're glad to have Matt back. <laughs> Kyle Barber, what's up, dude? Uh, what's going on, Dave, Bubba, Matt? Uh, we sit here in 2022, a brave new year, a brave new frontier. Will it be better than 21? Will it be better than 20? The last two years have, have sucked pond water, except for football this past season, much improved. But a terrible ending to the football season of 2021. 2022 is off to a start. Not much of a start, but at least it's a start. And we'll see how the year goes. And that was a bit of a ramble. Bubba, how you doing? Doing great, guys. Um, you know, you really can't complain I mean, with – 65 70 degree temperatures but other than that uh, it's been kind of a, a frustrating end of the year for the reasons you mentioned with the, the bowl game against bc getting canceled and now um you have a pause for east carolina basketball as well bob any some out your way i know up in the high country boone all over to Asheville. they're expecting about well i don't around boone they're expecting six inches tonight um, I, what a no jokes, guys. Be mature. Uh, are y'all are y'all expecting any uh, snow up your way? Well, uh, I was looking at it. I think the maybe maybe it's tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, the lows are supposed to be down in the mid twenties. Tonight, it's only supposed to be about thirty nine. Um, but um, it, it had called for uh, snow, but it's not going to get cold enough around here tonight. Matt, yeah, how about you? I, Have you seen any snow, Matt? <laughs> we saw a little bit, but uh, you guys mentioned 65, 70. I don't even know what that feels like anymore. We're uh, we're deep into winter here. Uh, I know New Jersey is going to get about seven inches of snow tomorrow, but it's not going to make its way up to New England, which is which is kind of a nice thing. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, you know I'm sure it's going to hit very soon, though. It's crazy to me to know. You know that that Boone, and I understand altitude and elevation, but it's crazy to me. And I don't think most people, if you didn't live in North Carolina, you would know that there's a part of North Carolina that's that damn cold and gets that much snow. You know, this is going to be Boone in that area's first significant snow of this year of six inches. They already had three accumulating snowfalls by this time last year. This is highly unusual for this yep. to be the first snowfall in Boone this late in the year. Um, so I, uh, I just, I just find that interesting that that. I wonder how many people would guess that if you get if you took like a survey of people and ask, is there a part of North Carolina that, that has temperatures like average year high temperatures? It's like the same as Buffalo, New York and similar snowfall amounts. I guarantee everybody would say no. I'll tell you one thing, guys, uh, Matt, I feel for you because the coldest I've ever been in my life. Everybody knows I transferred my sophomore year to East Carolina. My freshman year, I was at Lee's McCray College uh, near Appalachian State and Banner Elk. And I remember one January that we got this brilliant idea to go get three hot dogs for a dollar in the Avery dorm there. And 
we like put four layers on and that night, gentlemen, it was uh, four degrees outside, windshield of a uh, negative 40. We go over to the pantry, get three hot dogs for a dollar. I think it took like 40 or 45 minutes to thaw. How much snow was on the ground? It was not. It was just that that blankety blank cold. I mean, it was ridiculous. And that's the most cold I've ever been in my life. Like when I came, moved back to East, you know, to, to Greenville and it's like 30 degrees outside and people were complaining. I was like, you need to go to the mountains, go to Boone and Benarol, go to the, the, I mean, that elevation. Do do you, do you know, do you know the record low for Greenville, North Carolina? This is going to surprise you if you don't know. I don't. It occurred in the eighties. I want to say in 1985, but I may be wrong on the year. I asked Marvin Doherty this one time. I still, I may have the email still. It's been several years. Uh, I believe it was my, the, the, I think it was 85, 86, 87, something like that. The record low reported that Pitt Greenville Airport was minus two degrees. It has been minus two Shocking. degrees in Greenville, North Carolina. Yep. Yeah. Very surprising. So, Very surprising. Cold, cold, cold as I ever remember it being is four degrees. Yeah. Um, 1983 was the 1983 guys uh, in Durham. The Christmas of 1983 was the coldest in my life. I, that's why I love the song from Bing Crosby, Love White Christmas, but I'm not dreaming of a white Christmas. I would rather have Meli Kamuki Maka, whatever the song is, from Bing Crosby more than White Christmas. I love, I'd rather open up presents from the pool. Not me. Do, uh, do you remember the White Christmas in, in Down East in 89? Oh, absolutely. 16 inches, wasn't it? It was over a foot. Wow. Not, not 89. Not, not, yeah. not in Wayne. No. Yeah, it was anytime we get Yeah, it was a whole bunch of it was a whole it bunch was of not 16 inches. It was not. Not Williamson, not 89. I think you're thinking a blizzard of 80. But 89 we we, we got around it was about 6 inches. No, well, some, had, uh, some, sometimes you have 6 well, inches and you claim it's 16 inches, you know. <laughs> I'm a dude. What can you expect? No, 1980 it was so bad. I was a kid in like first grade, second grade and it literally I missed the blizzard of March of eighty. Yeah, I missed two weeks of school. That's how. Bad yeah, I don't remember that. I wasn't born yet, but I I have seen pictures and heard stories. Um, but eighty nine was the only white Christmas in my memory. Um, and unfortunately, I hope we get to experience another one at some point. But no, um, last year I don't know. We'll get the hell off this topic. Yes. But last year we went to uh we went up to Boone uh, two days after Christmas, and there was snow all over the ground. We rode up to Grandfather Mountain in the snow and. I, uh, I, it's beautiful to me, but I'm sure Matt, you see snow all the time. You could give a shit less. You're like snow. Who cares? <laughs> well, we Dave, did have a white Christmas. So uh, Alan Vick chimed in. He said January of 85 um, was when the record low occurred. It was Super Bowl Sunday into Monday. 49ers beat the Dolphins. We actually had a little bit of snow on that Sunday. And it was that night that he got down below zero. Also got to yep. zero on the Christmas of 89, uh, when we got the snow on December 23rd and the 24th. Yeah, I remember that Christmas snow of 89 vividly. I remember being at my grandparents' house that lived up in Murfreesboro, and that snow started at the beach and then went north, if I remember right. It was like backwards from how it normally was. I remember from being a kid, and I remember it's on the 23rd. We started home. The time we got to the food line that hadn't been open long in Williamson, Dave, you know where that is. Oh, yeah. And we got to that food line, and it was already starting to cover the ground. And, of course, growing up in eastern North Carolina, when that snow starts covering the ground, particularly in those days, you're down to get to the house. <laughs> you better get your bread and milk. So uh, we stopped at food line and, and stocked up on the uh, on the supplies to, to go get to the house to make sure, you know, we, we could be safe from the evil snow. And uh, 
I, I don't I don't think we left the house again until Christmas Day. No, we did. We went to my granddad's house, but at the time he lived like my other granddad. At the time he lived right across the field from my dad. But yeah, I remember that vividly. Hey, before we move on and talk some East Carolina football topics, B Page chimed in. He said he thinks that his high school basketball coach at uh, I believe B Page, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I believe you're a Western Wind Falcon, but uh, he believes that J- Coach Jack Litton, I guess is how his name's pronounced. Yeah. I was the head basketball coach at Leeds McCray in 1992. Do you remember him, Dave? That sounds – yeah, that name sounds very familiar. I remember going to the games there. And um, we still um, – at that time, uh, Leeds McCray still had a football team. So um, not a very good football team, but still had a football team. So back in the – that was uh, NAIA days back. That's how old I am. Um, yeah, they're D2 now. Yeah, but that – but uh, definitely uh, a great experience. Love it. Oh, there you go, West Rowan Falcon. I didn't know. I learned something tonight. Go Pete. Do you guys remember? Do you guys remember when we played Leeds McCray in basketball a few seasons back? Yeah, I know we played them in the the Herring era. I think it was. Yeah, well, I'll say a few seasons back, Bob. Yeah, it all blends yeah. together sometimes. Doesn't seem like it's been that long, but it has. Yeah. But um, transitioning to some pirate football topics, some um, very sad news coming out within the last. Five to six days, um, Mike Sacra, who's the, the father of uh, Jacob Sacra, East Carolina signee, offensive lineman from the state of Virginia, very highly regarded. Unfortunately, uh, Mike passed away uh, between Christmas and New Year's, I believe it was, according to the timeline that Coach Houston put that out on social media. So thoughts and prayers to Jacob Sacra and his family. Um, so, and just, I mean, it's obviously – that's tough anytime but especially over the holidays can only imagine what he and his family are going through but uh, some other pirate football topics some um, kudos to bill clark holmes and that family has done so much obviously clark leclair stadium and then back in september the south carolina game they spent hundreds of thousands of dollars i mean uh, somewhere in that ballpark buying six thousand tickets uh, for first responders um, dealing with covid now they step up with a two hundred thousand dollar lead gift for championship rings uh, or, you know, bowl rings, um, I should say, for the football program. And then you have also um, whatever's remaining going toward bowl relief um, since the game was not able to be played. Nice. I did not know about the ring part. Um, that's very cool. I would like for our university, uh, our, our, our athletic director, to appeal to the military bowl about presenting the team with that trophy. Um, I, I think it would be really cool. Um, the Pirate fans that get to experience, I think it would be really cool to have a bowl party and be presented with that trophy that the fans would be invited to, Pirate Club members, where we can celebrate with the team the 2021 season and them guys get prevented, presented with that military bowl trophy. Um, I think they deserve it, and uh, I don't think the fans deserve it. Yeah, that's a, a topic. <laughs> uh, yeah, we had, in fact, uh, Bubba, we had a uh, – Well, thank you to Bill Clark. Thank you, Bill Clark. Bill Clark. Absolutely. That's a very, very generous gift again. Well, going back to uh, that topic, by the way, guys, and not uh, taking away from Bill Clark because we appreciate that gift. But when people were talking about financially, you know, when you heard the financial terms and the logistics of uh, going to another bowl, perfect example right there of a great pirate, Bill Clark, Bill Clark Holmes, how there's enough pirates out there, including us on the show, that we would have donated money, even if it was a few hundred bucks, a couple hundred yeah. bucks, hundred bucks, 
like uh, I could give um, in that range, we would have all given money towards that team uh, being able to go to whatever bowl. And I'm just uh, yeah, I'm, I would have liked to seen it explored. Maybe the logistics were impossible to get to the Sun Bowl, but I'd like to explore it. You know, to me, you have a conversation if you got the Washington State AD on the phone, and maybe John Cl- John Clark, maybe John Gilbert did say this. I don't know. I went on the phone. But I believe I'd have told the Washington State, hey, guys, this is this is pretty impossible for us short notice. But can you make it happen? Can you arrange flights for us? You know, your, your team's already there. Can you handle it on your end? Uh, financially, look, we're struggling. We just lost $400,000 in this bowl, $400, in this bowl game, um, five, whatever it was. Uh, look, to buy a home game with us, you would pay about a million dollars if it was a buy game. You know, do, do, are you financially able to give us our bowl loss? Could, could you pay us $500,000 to come play you? in the Sun Bowl, in addition to us getting our bowl playout. I would have had those conversations with the Washington State AD, and the Washington State AD might have said, you know what, never mind, we'll find somebody else. But I would have had the conversation and see what we could have worked out. Um, I, what I wouldn't have done is just say, we're going to shut it down. And, you know, um, it is what it is, and maybe the Sun Bowl wouldn't have worked out. I'd have kept it going. Um, who knows, if, we, if we'd have kept things going, maybe the Holiday Bowl would have arranged it to have the Holiday Bowl in Raleigh, you know, and we could have played NC State. Who knows? God knows Dave Doran wanted to play football. I, I wonder how mouthy and how ready he would have been if it was the Pirates he was going to play, though. Um, but I, uh, we, we beat this topic into the ground. Uh, we raised enough hell uh, on the 26th about this. But I'd have liked to have seen it at least explored. I know, Bubba, uh, you, you kind of have, have feel a little differently about it at this point than you did initially. I don't know if you want to comment on that. I know Matt and Dave, you kind of still feel like I do. Yeah, well, Elliot Jamison, and he said, why don't we try and get in a bowl? And you were kind of just talking about that a little bit. But, uh, you know, I, I was a little more reserved. And the reason being is because we didn't know exactly. And Coach Houston didn't come out and voice his opinions publicly on that the way Dave Doran did. Um, but I had some pretty good sources that um, Coach Houston didn't really feel that it was practical or, or possible um, to – to pursue that opportunity, I'm sure he would have liked to, but um, from everything I gathered, you know, he didn't feel like it was the thing to do. Well, so um, that's really – like, I don't think you like like had other, Otherwise, we pretty much beat it into the ground. Well, you guys – shed any new light there. Go ahead, Dave. I do have a bigger picture, though, guys, that I wanted to – I've already talked to you guys about, but I want to share with our audience. I really believe that um, because that decision was made and other bowls that were made – um, just notice, just notice that w- we are trying to do everything that we can to make our program relevant, right? Now, when you cancel a bowl game like they did, eventually what's going to happen, and I and I'm, don't I don't know. Boston, to be clear, when we say they, Boston College, East Boston Carolina College. didn't have anything to do with this bowl game not being played. Right, Boston College. The bottom line is we're making ourselves irrelevant. We are giving the people that, that are Power Five, Group of five, you know, like that, that we're saying we're, it's irrelevant. And the point is, is that eventually we're going to get to the point where we're playing the regular season and we have no postseason to go to whatsoever. I don't think that'll be the case. What I think we're going to be headed for, I do think bowl games, by and large, are going to go by the wayside. I think what you're going to be given is an opportunity. This is just me speculating. I really believe what you're going to end up seeing is you, you finish the season with six and six or better. Uh, you're going to have an opportunity to play another home game or play on the road at somebody else's home game. I think you're going to see conferences. This is, again, speculation. 
I and the conference to sign contracts with each other, like maybe the American and the Sun Belt. And, uh, you know, whatever team has the better record gets to host that extra home game kind of deal is where well, I think I'll we're you, headed. I'll tell you guys, yesterday was very interesting when you're talking about the, the postseason. Kirk Herbstreet, I don't know if you guys saw, made some made some uh, some interesting comments, uh, you know, on his show talking about opt-outs, right? And um, I'm sure he's that, okay that with very, it. What's that, Kyle? I'm sure he's okay with it. So, um, actually, you know, it wasn't that's shocking, but only if you're at a power five school, if you're at a group of five school, he understands. So, and this is this is a obviously a touchy subject, but of all nights, when you know, I'm watching that uh Ole Miss game last night, and right away the quarterback goes down, right? Matt Corral, the kid had a great season, he's definite first round pick in the upcoming draft, and you know, I, I'm just you know, just just. I'm sort of an old-fashioned guy. I, I hate the opt-outs. Obviously, I understand it's necessary, but when I saw him go down last night, I was just shaking my head. I'm saying, oh, no, this is the worst thing for bowl season because it just proves that point that sometimes, in some cases, there are those cases where you're better off opting out, and I do get it. But, you know, uh, I was really shaking my head at that. But just it's going to be really interesting to see what happens moving forward. Um, we, we're definitely going to need a, another system here because – I see this problem. It's just going to get worse and worse every year now. And once once this train has started, it's going to be hard to stop it. Do you think the- moving bowl games up a little bit? And I don't know how practical this is, but do you think if all bowl games were played except for the championship games and your bigger bowls, do you think if all the bowl games were played prior to Christmas, that would help with opt-outs? I think it might. I think one thing besides kids – get ready for the league. I think some of them, they have the time to think about it. They get, they, they're, they're ready for it to be over. Whereas you go from, you know, if, if your season ends Thanksgiving weekend and then your bowl game is the weekend after championship game, uh, I think more kids would play and not opt out. I, I think that may be one thing that could be done that could be easy is besides your premium bowl games, your, your New Year's Day bowls, why don't we move them all to prior to Christmas? That way kids can go home spend the holidays with their family, et cetera, et cetera. I know it may make it a little harder for fans to travel, but I think you get more kids to participate. Am I just – is is that not – what do y'all think about that? Am, am I thinking about that wrong? Do, do you I'll think why it's not going to happen because it's, they're made for TV events, so they're, they're spread out um, the way they are. Right. So what you're saying, but you a lot of ways makes sense, but, but at the same time, um, I don't think that's ever going to happen uh, as long as these – this number of bowl games is being played because they're made for TV events and they like spreading them out over the course of two to two and a half weeks or whatever, like it is. Yeah, I understand that. But if you keep having, uh, it's going to be interesting. COVID's going to be over here, uh, hopefully pretty soon. Uh, you know, I think maybe this last bit is the peak. Um, and maybe next year, we hope COVID will be the thing of the past and we're not on COVID variant, Ocho Senko Omicron superstar Billy Graham. Um, but you know, let's hope this is it. Uh, do, do you see guys next year canceling or teams next year canceling bowls up? We just had too many opt outs plus injuries. We don't feel we, we'll be competitive. We're opting out of the bowl. Well, I, I'll say this I think it's I mean, the meaning the team, not, not the players opting out, meaning the teams pull out of I the think ball. You're already kind of, um, we haven't been unless you go back and really track it. You, that, that in conjunction with injuries and the COVID. Yeah, yeah but I think they use COVID as the excuse for it to be acceptable, Bubba. 
Right. I wonder. Exactly. I wonder how yeah. acceptable it'll. Yeah, it's a, it's a convenient uh, way of opting out now. Whether it's you know whether yep. it's Y UCLA or whoever. Uh, yeah. Boston, College. Boston College. Yeah, Boston. College. I I think this is the biggest case for expansion yet. I really do. I mean, this makes a great case for expansion because here's what's going to happen, right? As soon as you don't have an opportunity at the playoff, if you're a potential first rounder, you're just going to opt out. It's going to get worse and worse. Yes. Um, So this is the case for expansion, right? You, You give more teams an opportunity to compete for a national championship. That keeps a lot of these players involved. Like take Ohio State, for example, right? Played in the Rose Bowl. They had a ton of people opt out. A ton of people opt out yesterday. But let's just say if the playoff had been expanded to 12, Ohio State would have been in that mix. They would have been ranked, I don't know, six, seven, eight, somewhere in that range. They would have had an opportunity. Those kids would have opted in to play. So I think it makes a, a great case for, for expansion. I agree, but that only fixes it for a handful of teams. It still doesn't right. help the problem, you know, with East Carolina Boston College games. Um, I don't, yeah, I think I think expanding the playoffs, unless you're going to expand at least 32, you still have these problems. Um, expanding the playoffs, it's, it's, going to 12 is something we should do anyway, and they're not going to go beyond 12. Um, you still got to figure, you know, the only other thing I can think of besides moving the bowl games up is paying the players. Uh, you give each one of the players a couple grand, fifteen hundred, whatever, uh, if you participate in the bowl game. I think some kids are going to laugh at that and go, my NFL in contract is going to be worth a lot more than that. But you got some kids that are going to go, yeah, you know, I haven't been injured all year. I'll make an extra two grand by playing in this bowl game. Let me go ahead and play. I think the the most logical one is to expand. And, and why not to expand to 32? I mean, they're not going to, Dave. I mean, it's logical to expand not. to 64, but they're not going to. I know. But I'm just yes, saying. Oh, go ahead, but, Dave. No, but the thing is, is what I always love about they always talk about money, right? And they always talk about money. It's not about money. We're about money. ESPN can make give them a whole bu- a more, how much more money when it comes to the bowls and having the bowls bowl tie in and having the playoffs last a lot longer. And so it's stupid for them to say it hurts the regular season. Are you kidding me? Can you think about like think about East Carolina? If we knew that we had an automatic bid. And look at think about all the Ooh. games we have at Dowdy Ficklin right now. There's some games, let's be honest, Pirate fans don't care about our conference games. They care more about ACC schools than conference games, some of them. Think about this. If you knew that we had a really good team and you knew that every week we had a shot at, at going to the playoff, all we have to do is win the American, uh, that would help our attendance as well. Oh, yeah. Well, not even just win the American, but just realistically because – what you're talking about is great, but it's not going to happen. So yeah. if, if you explain it, if you expand to 12, which may happen, and you know that you're going to have one representative from the so-called group of five, then you know East Carolina is going to have a good shot if we win the American. So yeah, people will definitely be more locked into conference games. Another idea, this is just things I'm spitballing that could be done to help bowl games. You know they have the bowl challenge cup. Uh, what, what if um, there's a financial compensation? For all play, you know, like let's say the American wins the Bowl Challenge Cup, then uh, the American Conference gets, I mean, whoever would sponsor it at this point, you know, a million dollar check, two million dollar check, whatever, and that money gets split amongst the players that played in the bowl games. I mean, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. There, there, there's got to be a way to make it appealing um, for all these players to participate in bowl games, and uh, 
Maybe you go the other way. Maybe you go the other way and you do this. You tell a bowl team, you know, once COVID's over, if you opt out of this bowl, forget the players opting out, the team. You tell a team, if you opt out of this bowl, you're going to pay a $500,000 penalty. Yeah. You accept yeah. this bowl invitation now, COVID's over. If you don't play in this bowl game, you owe us five. You're going to pay the other team's expenses and you're going to pay them their bowl payout. And lose stock. And, and also, you're, you're, costing, you're costing these bowl games to lose money. So there should be finance after COVID's over. If teams still pull this bull crap, uh, they there needs to be a financial penalty that the universities have to. That's probably the easiest solution right there. If you accept the bowl bid and you pull out off after COVID's over, you got to pay a, a significant financial penalty as a university, be it five hundred grand, a million, whatever. I think that's probably your easiest fix right there. Yeah. How about the payout? You have to pay that out, or you don't get the payout. Yeah, like, you get something. You, you get something. You, you got to pay something if you pull out of that bowl because I think this BS can keep happening. I think COVID makes it acceptable now, but you know, I don't. I don't know what you can do. I'm trying to come up with ideas about the players, but I know what you can do to keep to, to keep from to keep the 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 university from pulling out of the bowl. Boston College could have played even if they had 41 players out. They still could have played that game. It's a 120 man roster. Uh, and I don't believe they had 41 players out any more than I believe I have a purple ass. So, you know, it, it's we don't want to please, please, we don't want to see your purple. Ass. I don't have one. We'll take your word for it. Hey, Kyle, I bet you, I bet you did that day we lost to AT. Well, I tell you what, I had a case of the red ass. Uh -huh. I, uh, I, I, that day, Galloway, if you want to go back in our con, if you want to go back in our archives, go, uh, Audio only. You go, go look on whatever your favorite uh, uh, podcast app is, and go find that in North Carolina A and T episode. That is that is classic, Bubba. You need to put that up on YouTube. Yeah, the the A and T fan base they loved it so much. Uh, our reactions. They they uh, put the link on their website. <laughs> Bubba, I'm on. Bubba, will you get that up on YouTube sometime this week? Will you have time? I know you got to go back to work. Yeah, I'll I'll see what I can do. Yep. All right, we'll try to get that up on YouTube for everybody to. Uh, Enjoy our uh, me and Bubba and Dave acting like complete lunatics after that A and T loss. This is exactly right. what I people want to do. Listen to us talk about A and T. I'm glad I wasn't with you guys at that point because I probably would have been like throwing my computer across the room. Uh, I can only imagine the rant, the post game rant after A and T. That was brutal, absolutely brutal. <laughs> I love AV. Ellen Vick is the best. <laughs> Purple ass, purple ass. <laughs> hey, guys, no, let me we... say this about the Boston College thing, though. So, like, th this the thing that really bothered me more than anything was the lack of transparency. I, I totally agree with you. There's no way they had that many players with COVID. And look at this. Bubba, go ahead. I'll let you. No, you know, I just thought it was the perfect time to put it up since you were um, All right. talking well, about, thinking about I, Oh, my God, I, that's great. I'll gladly continue with this. First of all, Look at this absolute disgrace. So apparently this is what Boston College fans were, you know, putting out there, this T-shirt with the Eagle and the, and the 2021 Bowl champions. What a joke that is. But, um, but, the, but the lack of transparency is what really bothered me. There's no way they had that many players with COVID. Um, and they should have to explain that. They should, they should be held accountable for that um, because opt-outs are their problem. Injuries are their problem. That's not our problem. Right. All we need to know is how many had COVID, and I think it was less than 10. I heard it was six, yeah. guys. Yeah, and they should not have been allowed to do that. They should have. What they should have done is taken their ass whipping, went back to Boston, 
you had 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 some beans and whatever the hell else you have in Bean Town. I'm you know whatever. They should have just went back to Boston. And, and you, take your beating, boys. Take your beating. And, and it ain't the first time an ACT team got their ass kicked by uh, East Carolina. Just you just 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 wear it as a badge of honor. And uh, they they should took their beating, went home, and called it a day. Look, I will say this. I'll say this. Um, uh, Bubba, what team was it that had a ton of people out? And then the, uh, it was Purdue. Purdue, Purdue had a buttload of people out, including their two best players, and managed, with the help of the officials, to beat Tennessee in the Music City Bowl. So hats off to, to Purdue for playing that game instead of instead of backing out, and uh, they and, and they pulled off a huge victory against Tennessee. Not only that, guys, but the very fact that they should. Boston College, like I said, uh, I, I would go a step further than the penalty, like you were talking about the fine, Kyle. I think they should get you should give have to give up like five scholarships, a whole bunch of put some oh teeth in there. No, no, I don't, I don't think they're gonna that would I don't, just, I don't think they're gonna do that. I, I think I think you could put a penalty in place. So if you back out of the bowl game, once you've accepted the invitation, you have to pay a financial penalty because yeah. because you really you what, what Boston College did not only what they cost East Carolina financially. They might put the motor the Motor City Bowl. They might put the uh, military ball out of business. I mean, this is two years in a row the military ball hasn't been played. Um, you know, I read a bit of an article that said it was like a funeral in the military ball offices last Sunday. Um, th- this this really this really could put that ball that, that ball is not owned by ESPN. If it survives, it may have to be from now on. They must have to sell it to ESPN. Uh, it was one of the few bowls anymore outside of the premier bowls that wasn't owned by ESPN that was still independently operated. And uh, I bet you ESPN may own it this time next year. Think about this, guys, too. Um, you know, Steve Beck, uh, the head of the bowl. Just think about all the people. That's a great point, Kyle. Think about all the people that that bowl just doesn't happen. They just don't roll out the balls and and play yep. the game. They work on that bowl year round. Yep. And you think about that and you think about all the businesses in Annapolis I um, lost money, big time. Lost money. Hey, how about think about pirate fans? That's one of the things for the athletic director. I like him personally. So everybody, we don't have an axe to grind uh, with the athletic director. What we're saying is simply not personally, not. No, what we're saying is the amount of money pirate fans lost, and I expressed that to the pirate club this week. There, uh, I didn't lose any money, but there are a lot of people that did, and I was speaking up for my fellow pirates and pirate nation. The very fact there's a lot of pirates that lost. Not money. all hotels gave refunds. Matt yeah, made a great point. If you book, if you book through a third party website, you're SOL. You know, a, a hotels.com, for example. Um, if your hotel, you know, I've heard some people that only got part of their stay back. Um, I, I, I haven't checked my credit card, but uh, the girl on the phone told me I was going to get a full refund. That the manager made that call when they found out that the military bowl was canceled at the Holiday Inn up there. Um, so, you know, I got, you know, I'm assuming I got my refund from my bowl tickets. Again, I hadn't checked my credit card, but I was supposed to. So, yeah, but th- there are a lot of people that lost money. I guess technically I lost a little bit of money. We, we were on 95 around Rocky Mount, so I lost a little bit of cash money. But, you know, um, it's, it's a lot of, lot of heart, you know, a lot of heartbreak from this. You know, I've never been to a bowl game in person. This is going to be my first time going to a bowl game in person. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, never been to one. Um, so, you know, really sucked. Um, you know, <laughs> I love it. Peace, be peace. <laughs> You're the man. You, that's that's you, for the hotel. That's actually. Did you do that on accident? You know that that's interesting. 
if if your card expiration does not happen prior to your check-in date, excuse me, if your card that's an interesting thing, but pays because if your card's still good when you reserve the room, it'll probably let you reserve it, but it could expire before you actually check in, and then they can't charge you for a damn thing. That's uh, that's that's actually interesting logic right there. I'm gonna have, I might have to do that, but you know you, would, you really couldn't plan for that. But uh, think about it. If your card is like if your room is for December, but your card expires in November, and you reserve it in October, for example, it'll let you reserve it. It, it but you see what I'm saying? That's that's a, that's a good strategy, Pace. I don't know if you thought it out or it just happened. No, he keeps wow. one just in case. That's impressive. That is impressive. I'm well, it, it'll take it already expired. It, it, it'll, it'll. I'm surprised the hotel will accept it, or do you just put in a BS date? No, no. Um, that's what I'm wondering. Now, hey. do you just put a beer? You can't ask the man to reveal his secrets. Yeah. I, I can because this is interesting. <laughs> well, he. Well, I do know this trick. If some hotels have caught on to it, <laughs> BS date. That's smart. I. I you know what that. I believe I'm gonna start doing that. I like that. Um, I, I do know this trick, and some hotels have caught on to it. If you have a 24-hour cancellation policy, where you're gonna get charged, and you have to cancel last minute, or maybe it's a two-week cancellation policy, and you have to cancel day up, if you will change your date instead of canceling for like a three, four weeks out, two months out, I can't come today, so I'm gonna come next month, and then wait a week and then cancel, you fall into the new reservation. You, you see what I'm saying? You 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 don't have to pay anything. Now some hotels have caught on to that, but that's an old trick that a lot of people used to do. Instead of canceling your hotel if you're beyond your cancellation date, change your date, then call back a week later and cancel it. There you go. Days, I know you were wanting to address Elliot's comments. Um, he had asked a couple times as far as and Kyle. You just explained what you did, but he said, Dave, if you would, you know, ask ask the panel. Who um, donated their money to the pirate club and so forth um, from their military? Well, well my ball tickets were yeah, I'll go ahead and say for, me, for myself, Elliot. Uh, my my dad ordered the bowl tickets just since he has a much higher pirate club priority from being in the pirate club for forty plus years, and I obviously wanted to sit with them. Uh, so um, I'm not sure what he did, but um, Matt, Matt, and uh, Dave, what about you guys? Well, I um. I started a new job, so I couldn't leave, uh, obviously, Greenville, um, which is a good thing for me long-term. It sucked, obviously. I wanted to go to the bowl so bad. I only waited like six, seven years to go to a bowl. But um, anyway, I, my ticket. I didn't I didn't buy the tickets, so no. That's what I was saying. Now, what did you do? I, I did not. I did not. Uh, I was really uh, – I was very fired up, guys, after the game, as you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've since calmed down. I've since calmed down a little bit. I still, you know, there are some things that I wanted to see that didn't have. I would have preferred a more forceful response from from our administration. I, I just yeah. I wanted to see Boston College called out. There were a lot of things yep. I just didn't. Again, it's nothing personal. It's just my style. I didn't really love the way it was handled personally. Um, so no, I opted to uh, to not go down that road. I, I didn't have really the option. I guess I could make a personal donation. I didn't buy my tickets from the Pirate Club. I bought my tickets for the military bowl because my pocket priority points wouldn't allow me to get the tickets I wanted. So I wasn't going to BS with that because they're using an antiquated system. I just bought it for the military bowl. So yeah, I, I got my money back and I'm not going to give it to the pirate club um, because I, uh, I'm not happy with the way things are handled. I, I, I obviously, I don't want to punish the school 
Uh, they lost money on this, but <laughs> follow me for more. You need to start to start a TikTok there, Pays. B pays his ways to uh to uh to uh, get out of having to pay money for crap. Um, but uh, I uh, maybe we'll have a segment. We got Pays come on for a segment. This is Pays's way to uh to this is Pays slick trick of the week or some crap like that. Um, he's helping out pirates. Yeah, I um. I'm not – look, I hope everybody donates their money to the Pirate Club. Um, I was kind of like Matt. I'm aggravated. Uh, I would have just liked to seen us handle things differently, even if even if the result would have been the same. I would have liked to seen us handle things differently afterwards. And I think I think Matt's attitude is kind of like mine and, and yours in this case, Dave, where uh, I'd like to see a little bit more anger and, and venom coming out of the university. Here's, here's the thing, guys. I will say this. Gilbert was more careful because he's friends with the athletic director, uh, Pat, yep. whatever his name is, uh, from Temple. Uh, he he uh, actually was AD at Temple before Boston College. And I thought that was, uh, in most cases, I would be okay with that because, you know, they're friends and maybe they can work out some deals, you know, future games. How about a home-and-home, home, um, anything like that. But in this particular case, even if that's your friend, you're hired by East Carolina University. That's your job is to take care of the university. And I just felt like that he was playing it safe. Uh, he said that um, on another show, he said that it was reckless, you know, talking about not going to, you know, another bowl. Let me tell you something. The Sun Bowl, if we had played the Sun Bowl, that's one of the biggest bowls that we could ever play in. And maybe – Outside of the Power Five, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty up there. It's been around for a long time. Yeah. Outside of the power five, I'm sorry. Outside of the they, Lord have mercy. Outside of the New Year's Six, outside of a New Year's Day bowl, the Sun Bowl is a historic bowl. Yeah, I mean, I, I really believe that we could have made it happen if it was 24, 48 hours notice before that bowl. Then you say logistically, guys, there's no way in the world we can make it happen. But we are literally in on. We are now 2022, 2022. Yeah. We have people on the staff, guys. That's all they do. Is book hotel rooms. They book flights. The hotel was already booked. Miami had hotel rooms. You, you, Sun Bowl, you know, would have taken care of that. To me, again, I at least have the conversation with the Washington State AD. Can and you help us out? The Washington AD. Exactly. Washington State AD called John Gilbert. And, and I don't know. I went on the phone. But I would have said, can, can you handle can, – can you get us there? Can you arrange the flights? You know, you don't know that yet. I, I don't know who Washington State alum are. They, they, they may have been able to – Charter us some planes with no problem. I don't yeah, know. We have, we have pirates that have jets. What, what are you talking about? Yeah. This is what I do know. Central Michigan beat Washington State on CBS Saturday Friday on New Year's Eve. Central Michigan, the chips, the Washington State came out flattered and whatever term you like to use. And uh, Michigan State hold, held on to one. Uh, first in flight, indeed. <laughs> indeed. It, uh, so. <laughs> You know, it would have been a hell of a moment. Imagine, imagine that. Imagine that turn of events had that been East Carolina instead of uh, Central Michigan. Yeah, I know Tucson, Arizona, where Michigan, where Central Michigan was for their bowl game, and when it got canceled, it was a lot closer to El Paso. But you know, I wonder if we were in the Arizona Bowl, if 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 we would have went to the Sun Bowl. I really do. I, you know, I've had this conversation with Bubba, and again, this is not a personal axe to grind with Gilbert. It's just his leadership style. You know, I wonder, I was thinking about this way back in 99 when, when Hurricane Floyd came through and uh, we were down in South Carolina and then played Miami and Raleigh. I wonder if the current administration would move that game to Raleigh. 
or just logistically, it would have been a nightmare and it wouldn't be the right thing to do for the student athletes. Uh, you know, I, I bet you we wouldn't have played Miami and Raleigh if that were to happen today. So I just, um, I think the leadership, John Gilbert needs to realize there's a certain, and, and some pirates are okay with it. Some pirates are, are we're just going to go with the flow. But I think most of us, we're fighters. We don't, you know, we keep fighting. We scratch and claw. And what I always ask myself, would Terry Holland have handled it that way? And if the answer is no, then it won't handle it the right way. Would Terry Holland have handled things exactly like John Gilbert did? And I think we can, and equivocally, the result might have been the same, but would he have handled it the same? And I think we can equivocally, unequivocally say no. John Gilbert wouldn't, or uh, Terry Holland would not have handled it the same way John Gilbert did. And to me, it wasn't handled the right way because I've seen how this athletic department is supposed to be ran. And to me, it was under Terry Holland. That's just my opinion. And again, I don't hate John Gilbert. I hated Jeff Comfort. Well, let's be clear. I'm sure people at the athletic department are probably, if they've seen any of this content, particularly the episode back on the 26th, they may be angry at some of us. But I'm going to be clear. I don't hate John Gilbert. I hate Jeff Comfort. And if I hated John Gilbert, I'd say I hate him. And I'd say all kinds of other crap because I did about Jeff Comfort. I don't hate John Gilbert. I just don't agree with the, his leadership style. And um, I think he I think he needs to realize where he is and who we are. And I, I think he gets it, but he doesn't get it. Yeah, and, and for me, it just goes back to transparency. I almost feel like we have a responsibility to call out Boston College in this case because we're trying to prevent this from happening in the future, right? And if you don't call them out, they just it doesn't draw any national attention to it. They just walk away with basically no responsibility here. So I actually kind of liked it. NC State, I, I, you know, I know Dave Doran was pretty vocal. I thought that was great. Hey, let's call out Boston College. Put them on the national stage. Make people understand what happened here. Have transparency. And then hopefully in the future you start to prevent these things from happening. But it's just um, we were just a little too, too uh, laid back about it for my liking. Very too. Yeah, hey, I heard, I heard, very casual. I heard a guy. Go ahead, Dave. I was just quickly going to say, very casual about it. It's like it. I know that they do. Let me just be careful here. I know they do care about the university. I'm not going to say they don't care, but it came across as very casual. Like, oh, we're not going to bowl game. And Matt, you and Bubba have played Division One football. Um, you know, with uh, and it, it's frustrating to me when. Um, being a football player, it's got to be. Can you imagine? And I know you had the eight and three year uh, in '96. But how in the world can you say it's okay? Think about those seniors. Think about the seniors. I'm sorry, I, I'm still angry. None of them opted out. How about the very fact that those seniors have were under Montgomery, Bruce Bivens? Think about his career where he took butt kicking after butt kicking after butt kicking. He had those miserable games they finally get a winning season they're going to a bowl and what you say to them oh it's it's not a big deal guys we're just not going um that's a problem that's a real problem for me and guys we need to change the name of our mascot because we are supposed to be the pirates and pirates are not normal people they're not nice people do you does anybody know what a pirate really is today like i mean that's the thing i'm frustrated about is that we're pirates and we're i'm, I'm sorry but nicey nice um, it's not going to win games. Well, to me, Dave, I, I'm reminded there's a guy, and I can't think of his name. He's, he's a business guy, and he's a little much older guy, and he does these videos. 
And um, he, he did this, you know, he said he has this quiz he gives people. And one of the questions on it, and the most popular answer given, the question is, what would you do if somebody spit in your mama's face? And the most popular answer given of the multiple choices he gives is I would try to figure out what was wrong with the person that spit in their face, why they did it. Wow. Is there a right answer as to why somebody spit in your mama's face? No, you go punch them in the damn mouth. You go put somebody spit in my mama's face, I'm going to punch them in the damn mouth. I don't care why they, put, why they spit in my mama's face. I'm going to go kick the shit out of them. And that's the attitude you got to have at East Carolina. You don't wait around for 1990. Well, this is why Boston College pulled out and this and that. No, you, you pissed on us. You cost us money. You cost us bowl game money. You cost our fans money. So piss on you. I don't give a crap about your situation. What you just did was screwed our situation up. So to hell with you, Boston College. And that's the kind of attitude we got to have. But we should sue Boston College for the money that we, we, we just lost in that bowl game. Bowl game. We should sue them. And, and that's the kind of attitude you got to have. It don't matter why somebody's spitting your mama's face. They spitting your mama's face. Go knock them out. And that's that's what I want from, from our leadership. I want the only objective our leadership should have is what's best for the Pirates, what's best for the players, student-athletes, and what's best for the fan base. And not and not worried about – because what, what are we going to get out of it? it, it, it are they going to give us a home-and-home? Home? Do you want a home-and-home home with Boston College? Now? Do you trust them to make good on it? If we're the first end of that home and home, and we go beat them up there, I don't trust them to to, to pay it back and come to come to Greenville. So, I mean, what are you doing at this point except worrying about your own career? I, I wonder with John Gilbert's reaction, and again, I, I I don't hate John Gilbert. I want to make that clear. I wonder with John Gilbert being so nice, if it was more him worried about East Carolina and the relationship with Boston College, and you know what may happen in the future, or if he's worried about his own career. And down the road in relationships and hey, you never know who I'm gonna be working with in the future where I where I may want to go. And uh yeah, I don't know. It, it's just and I know we're coming down hard on Gilbert, and I'm not saying we should have accepted the Sun Bowl invitation straight out. I would have just liked to have seen it explored. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree absolutely. with Kyle. And, and you know, from the players' perspective, I find it hard to believe that a lot of the players were ready to just pack it in and go home and call it a day. I just don't buy that. Um Personally, like I, I, even if we let's just say, right, we were invited to the Sun Bowl, even if we show up on Thursday, the day before the game and had prepped for Washington State for 24 hours, who really gives a damn? At that point, I'm willing to just show up and play a game. I don't care who it is. I don't care what scheme they run. I don't really care how much preparation time. This is the end of the season. You know, our our team is pretty much seen. A variety of schemes there's not much you're going to throw at them in late december that they haven't seen before so i you know from a player's perspective i'm thinking hey let's show up even if it's less than 24 hours notice we show up in el paso we play a game and that's it and we go play football and, and logistically i still believe it could have been figured out and maybe i'm way off base i could be totally wrong about that in my heart of hearts i think we could have made that happen and kudos to uh, Central Michigan. I mean, because not only did they show up, they played a hell of a game. Yeah, very impressed with that team and the way they were prepared, and they got it done. Yeah, and yeah. Washington State. Look, and some of our fans are going to hear this, but it's true. Washington State's way across the other. You know, they're on the other part of the of the country, and they were fighting to play Miami, and they got Central Michigan, and they came out flat. Same thing would have been with us; they came out flat. We'd have won that ball game. Yes, uh, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure we we would be Sun Bowl champions right now. Think about exactly. Think about this, guys. Think about this. 
you do the right thing for your seniors, right? Think about that. You you get the bowl win. You you do right for your fan base. Can you imagine that? We're Sun Bowl champions after the hell that the fan base has gone through because of bad leadership in the past that was not Gilbert's fault, not Ryan Robinson's fault. They inherited a lot of a like a lot a big mess, right? So we're not we're not talking about the stuff that happened before them. But they've been there for three years now. They've been there for three years now. And the one thing I will say to them is what should have been said is we're going to explore every opportunity. We understand what it means, Pirate Nation. You've been waiting for six years. And we're pirates. We're going to fight our way. Say that. Say at least that. Even if you're lying, say it. Because it sounds a lot better than, no, we're not going to play anybody. Um, like we're just giving up. And yeah, uh, I, Even if you just said this, the Sun Bowl is not realistic, guys. But here's the thing. If a bowl game comes up in Florida, yeah. if a bowl game comes up on the East Coast, you know, Music City Bowl, uh, I, you know, Capital One Bowl, whatever the hell the Tangerine Bowl is called now. I don't know. It was Camping World Bowl. I don't know what it's called now. Uh, the one in Orlando. Um, Citrus Bowl? No, not the Citrus. That's that's Capital One Bowl. Uh, it used to be the Tangerine Bowl. I, somebody can help me. I don't know what it's called now. Champ Sports Bowl. It's changed name a million times. Doesn't matter. If a game like that comes up in – we're going. We're going to explore it. We're not shutting down football just yet, but but the Sun Bowl is just too hard logistically. If even if they just said that, I'd have been aggravated. But it, I would have. I would have accepted it. Um, just shutting things down. Let's go home. Call it a day. I, I just not the way. You know, just not the way I wanted things done. I would like to see things done. Or I think most pirates would like to see things done. And I don't know. We can move on from this. We can. We can move on. And uh, if you guys want to um, talk about more COVID. And uh, the basketball program, and uh, along, now along the lines now. of opting out. Before we move on and talk some other topics, um, East Carolina football, as well as uh, like you just mentioned, basketball. A quick update there. Um, Matt Corral, Ole Miss quarterback, very talented. You know, projected to go very high in the draft. I love what he did. Um, you know, playing in the Sugar Bowl, even though um, you know he went down with an injury. Fortunately. Um, news came out today that it was just you know kind of a minor ankle sprain, uh, so that's awesome news. But uh, regardless, Matt Corral, in my opinion, you know, did what he should have done in playing in that bowl game, and um, understandably, it was inevitable as soon as he got injured that it was going to be all over social media with people saying this is why you opt out. Uh, I love Danny Cannell, the former Florida State quarterback. Uh, he said. Um, some thoughts on opt-outs. It's pretty simple. Some guys make a team decision. Some guys make a me decision. People were just more comfortable with me decisions than ever before. And then and then he also, um, or he didn't, but um, an Iowa fan, Andy Day, chimed in and said Tyler Linderbaum, who's the, the center for Iowa, um, that he got injured in the fourth quarter of that game against Kentucky and still came back in. Yeah, and uh, that's, that's yeah. awesome. And uh... – I, I applaud those guys for going through with everything and playing in those bowl games. And uh, I'm glad to hear uh, that, that uh, Corral is uh, only a minor injury and it won't affect his NFL career. Man, th thank God. I mean, thank God it was a minor injury because that would have really set this thing down a path that I don't know if college football re would recover from. And Corral, he is a hell of a player. He was literally – I don't know if you guys saw the first quarter of that game when he was in. He was trying to run over linebackers. Not only was he playing – he was playing hard. He was trying to truck linebackers when he scrambled. Um, so I give him a lot of credit. He is a great, great football player. 
like I just put up there for our viewers, um, Clemson is, you know, obviously Dabo's been there a decade plus now, so much success in Clemson this year, um, not up to their standards, you know, playing in a college or not playing in a college football playoff, playing in the Cheez-It Bowl at nine and three and now 10 and three. Um, the Tigers did not have any opt-outs. Where is the Cheez-It Bowl located? The Cheez-It Bowl's in Orlando. All right, that's the ball I was just trying to think of and kept saying what used to be the Tangerine Bowl. It used to be the Tangerine Bowl. It used to be the Tangerine Bowl. Uh, the the yeah, Cheez-It Bowl. It's old Citrus, Citrus Bowl Stadium. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's the Tangerine Bowl. Because the what used to be the Citrus Bowl is Capital One Bowl. Um, okay, so... And then uh, I just saw Mike Leach's comments that he thinks it's the most bizarre thing in the world. These players opting out and that they owe it to their teams, coaches, playmates, uh, teams, coaches, and uh, and fans to, uh, uh, to to play in these bowl games. And you know I agree with Leach. It is it's a very bizarre thing. I understand it from a financial standpoint. You're worried about your future, but um, with with that being said, well, why didn't you opt out uh, the last week of the regular season? Why didn't you opt? Why didn't you opt out when you realized, yeah, I'm going to the NFL. I'm going to opt out now. Uh, I don't know why all of a sudden this one game you got to opt out of it. To me, it's a little silly. Hey, Matt. Um, I want to ask you and Bubba a quick question. I know you have a take, but I have a quick question for a former player. Why not, uh, Kyle, you gave me an idea. Why not take with uh, the NIL money there that we're talking about? Maybe you could have something in there that would tie in NIL money, meaning – the, the individual deals, not like deals to go to the bowl games. Um, but when it comes to opting out, I mean, uh, in other words, if you have a big contract with such and such a thing, say, hey, you lose that money from Dr. Pepper or you lose that money from whomever. I don't know. I'm just thinking here, like at the line of scrimmage here, the, an audible. But I just really feel like there's, a, to me personally. Well, right now, Dave, right now, the way the NILs work, they can't be tied to anything you do on the football field. So that's the problem with that. It, it, it's it's, it's got to be for work you're doing. Work. So or put a contract as- on it. If you opt out, well, um, make them sign a contract when they have each year. I know the scholarships are year to year. NCAA would have to, would have to, would have to change the rules for, to be able to do that. But I'm, that'd be great with me. I, I'm, I'm good with it. If, if the NCAA will change the, the language for that to be allowed. Hey, hey, the very fact that you want to be an employee, right? You want to be an employee. Oh, I agree with you. Yeah. And you're not living up to me. You. You're not living up to your job description. That's what I agree I'm, with you 100%. I agree right. with you 100%. I think that's a good point. I think that's a good point. And just jumping back to Mike Leach really quick, guys. I mean, um, Mike Leach needs to be a little careful with this, in my opinion. I might surprise you guys with this take a little bit because, you know, I'm, I, I don't love the opt-outs. I get it in some situations, but – I hope Mike Leach has the same passion for calling out coaches when they jump ship, um, which is constantly every two seconds in college football and not just head coaches, but position coaches who all right, I might get an extra 200 grand to go to the, to some ACC school or an SEC school. I hope coach Leach has the same passion with, with calling them out because, you know, oftentimes coaches get away with this, but, uh, they really, you know, they say they deserve to be called out too because sometimes the lack of loyalty I find really disturbing in college football, and the coaches are just as responsible as the players. So, um, you know, I know the coaches talk about 
um, you know, team and loyalty and, you know, you know, uh, being a model citizen for whatever school you go to and this and that, but they don't always back that up. And there are some great coaches in college football, some very loyal guys. But then on the other hand, there's a lot of guys just, just always looking for the next biggest paycheck. Bobby Petrino. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's the ultimate example. Bobby Petrino is just a scumbag. But I, you know, one, one thing that this we were talking about opt-outs, but I was thinking about with the transfer portal. I would love to see it go back to uh, where you have to sit out a year to transfer with the caveat that if your head coach leaves or gets fired, then you don't have to sit out a year. So, in other words, if you, you get into that transfer portal, but you got to sit out a year like you used to. But if your head coach leaves East Carolina to take the head coaching job at Notre Dame, you can transfer at will. If your head coach gets fired, you can transfer at will. Um, I'd really like to see that adjustment made to the, uh, and I think that would really, I think that would be fair and it would put things more like it was before this never ending portal. And Bubba, I know you wanted to talk about the, uh, the BYU game, right? And we also have a Charlotte game to talk about. Yeah, that's what, obviously we knew BYU is on the schedule for next year. Tremendous home schedule that includes, you know, NC State. Um, as one of the three non-conference games at home. But the Pirates will also be going to Provo, and we found out um, that that is on October 29th. There have been two or three dates tossed out there. But uh, there you see Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Uh, my p- parents were able to go out there in 2015 when the Pirates lost a heartbreaking uh, shootout to the Cougs. But what a picture-perfect setting. Um, yesterday I thought about uh, – uh, you know, attending this game because of the picture perfect setting with with the mountains there um, at the Rose Bowl, um, and, and that was a tremendous game in between uh, Ohio State and Utah. What a shootout that was! And Ohio State putting up nearly 700 yards of offense, and Stroud throwing for close to 600 yards. No question. Yeah, it was a great game. Um, unfortunately, it came up short in overtime, but I. Uh, Look forward to playing BYU again. Um, you got a you got a, a top a top fifteen team there at least prior to their bowl game, um, and uh, it's, it's a great matchup. And you know, when's the return game going to be? Are we going to get the return game? It's supposed to be in twenty four. Remember to be moved now, um, which means we're going to need two home games for twenty four, or is it twenty five? It's one or the other. We're going to need two home games. Um, I think it's twenty five actually. Yeah, I have the schedule. Yeah, go ahead, guys. I was just going to say that I, as I'm looking it up right now, with HC future schedules, I just uh, there again. That's something that uh, really bothers me uh, is future schedules, and you know, we. I'm just not a. I'll just be straight with you guys. I am not. I am not a FCS guy. Scheduling FCS opponents. I'm. I'm from the '80s. We're going after the best. Yes, it was a different era. I understand why we did it. Um, but now it's like that's such a crutch for our administration. It's so easy for them to call Podunk State or whoever. Well, I think pretty much everybody does it, Dave. I think one a year is okay. I think when you're getting into two a year, um, and, and I, I, we had this conversation earlier privately, the, me, you, and Bubba. But I, I, you know, I know what happened in 2019 wasn't supposed to happen. Uh, well, we, yeah, I agree with that in this case. Um, Two FCS teams, it will be unacceptable. And it's either 25 or 24. I have to look at the damn future schedules again. 
Charlotte's not. It's going to be a conference game, so we lose Charlotte, and, and now we're going to lose. Now we're going to lose BYU. So um, we're going to need two games, and I believe they're both home games. And so one of those will be an FCS, and that's fine. But you can't have two FCS. So he's going to have to um, do a home and home with somebody. Uh, and, and you know, even if you can't get the best home and home, even if you can't get a power five, uh, I'd call coastal Carolina. Uh, even if they don't have an opening, I bet you they'll move something. I'm sure coastal would love the opportunity for home and home at East Carolina. And uh, our fans are interested in that game because they've been red hot here lately. Um, you know, uh, James Madison's moving up to FBS. So they're going to need some FBS opponents, non-conference Jacksonville state's moving up to FBS. So they're going to need some, some, uh, some non-conference games from the FBS level. So if you can't get a good home and home with a power five, um, I'd call Coastal. I'd call James Madison. I'd call Jacksonville State. I'd call Southern Miss. That's a team that I know East Carolina fans would love to do another home and home with. Um, There's several teams that I'd I'd give a call to. And, um, you know, besides the obvious ones, you'd love a power five opponent home and home. But you might not be able to get that. But you got to have an FBS opponent. And uh, you can't do two FCSs in one year. So, um, John Gilbert, you know, the you know I don't know we hadn't had a lot of schedule openings, but he signed a long term deal with ODU. Besides that, I, I don't know what his scheduling philosophy is in terms of scheduling FBS opponents because he hasn't done it. Um, I'd like to see what kind of FBS home and home he could put together. Uh, he did the buy game at Michigan. I don't want to do a bunch of buy games. Um, I think that's that's uh, you know it's not 1988. Uh, we're in the American Conference, so you go put a bunch of buy games up there. That that looks uh, rather small time, like we're Louisiana Monroe or something. So. Um, I uh, let's go get a home and home with somebody, and um, and we need somebody to we, a, we need Vince McMahon to write a thirty million dollar check for Talming Tower. If that's the case, there's a you know, for me personally, I don't want to buy a game, at, but at the same time, I'm sick and tired of hearing about the debt we have on Talming Tower. And speaking of transparency, we need some real financials to see how much we really owe. Um, come up with a master plan. Say, look, guys. Well, you had a bunch of people. You had a bunch of people pledge money. What happened to those assholes? Where's the money you pledged? Uh, you know, did you, did you take your money with you? When you? Did you take your money with you when your homie Jeff Comfer got fired? I mean, uh, if you pledge money, pay it up. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, we have debt. The debt's going to be there. It is what it is. Um, I, I don't know what you do about that. Matt, would you like uh, to let's just don't pay the bills and see if they come repossess the tower? <laughs> uh, Matt, who would you like to see as far as the uh, scheduling goes? So I, I, you know, I know a lot of people like the regional opponents. I, I would love to see somebody completely different and unique that we've never played before. I would, I would personally love to see like a, you know, uh, and this is a wish list, like an Arizona or an Arizona State. You know, a home and home, and this is obviously you know wish list, but somebody very unique that we've never played before. I also think um, there's an opportunity with some schools on East Coast like Rutgers. Um, I yeah. think that makes sense uh, logistically, right? Our favorite word of the month, logistically. Um, I think that's a team that's that's on the East Coast that we've never played before. Um, that you might be able to set something up with. Um, you know, I think a lot of our fans would make that trip to New Jersey, and we do have a pretty big fan base in that area. So that's something I'd like to see too. But you know, somebody like an Arizona State, you know, uh, you know, it's just somebody very different. 
Yeah, I, I don't. I think you have to look being realistic of who who would want to play us, and I think you need to look who recruits the Carolinas. Um, I know at one point I kept throwing out Colorado State because uh, uh, Mike Bobo was their head coach, and they recruit South Carolina and Georgia a turn, a turn, a ton. Um, so to me, Colorado State when Mike Bobo was there made a lot of sense because I thought they'd be interested in playing us because of recruiting the Carolinas and Georgia so much. But Bobo's not there now, so I don't think Colorado State makes as much sense. Um, I don't think they'd be as interested as what I'm trying to say. So look at who recruits this area. Um, I Air Force, for example, recruit always recruits the Carolinas. Uh, Bubba was recruited by Air Force. Um, so uh, maybe Air Force, if you want to play two triple options in a, in a year, would be somebody you could look at for a home and home because they like to recruit the area. Well, that's a great idea, Elliot. I, I don't know, you know how we couldn't have thought of that. Um, let's play UNC. Uh, that hey, solves hey, the problem. Pay says Penn State, Pitt, and Tennessee. You're not going to get them home and home. You may be Pitt. Penn State and Tennessee ain't coming here. Um, Pitt might. Uh, but Pitt, you know, I think Pitt recruits this area, but they come to North Carolina a lot already. Yeah. That would be great. I, I'd do a two-for-one with Tennessee if they're interested. I, you know, you would think with Gilbert's ties, maybe he can make that happen. Um, that's a good question for John. Maybe we should, maybe we should talk to him and ask, cause he had a conversation with Tennessee about a two for one. Um, I thought he was saying, I thought he was saying one home, one away and one neutral, like playing. That's shirt. not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You gotta be realistic. I mean, I, I'd like a home and home with Notre Dame. Let's go home and home with Notre Dame. Well, that's what we settled. We'll do a home and home with Notre Dame. He said, "Kyle, when we play USC, I, we Elliot, play. I, I, brother, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to be an ass. I know that, my friend. Um, we'd have, we'd have UNC on the on, on the schedule every year, if uh, if um, if if we could. Uh, yeah, bring it, bring in Alabama. That's a great idea, Brandon. Let's do a home and home with Alabama. <laughs> That's a great God, idea. What about let's, just let's do a home? And, guys, let's, let's let's talk about realistic opponents, okay?" UNC doesn't want to play us, okay? When you, when you lose three times in a row, they don't want to play us. I think we're going to have to go to legislation to play UNC. We ain't never playing Alabama home and home. We, I'm sure Alabama would give us a bye game if you want to go get your asses kicked in Tuscaloosa, but they're not going to come here. Tennessee is not going to do a, a, a three-game deal with a neutral side. It's not going to happen. Now, we might be able to do a two-for-one with Tennessee, but, you know, I, I don't know. Gilbert needs one? to try to make that happen. Would you huh? do one? Oh yeah, yeah. I do a two for one with Tennessee. Yeah, absolutely. We would absolutely. sell a lot of tickets for that. We'd sell a lot of tickets for that game. Yeah, I, I think with SEC schools, two for ones is completely acceptable. We did it with South Carolina, for God's sake. That's what this basically ended up. When you look at how many times we went to Columbia and how many times South Carolina came here, it was basically a two for one. Yeah. With one being in Charlotte, we went to Columbia what, four times. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, I'd have no problem doing a two for one with Tennessee. Um, I would applaud it, as a matter of fact. And Brandon does. Or let me uh, hold on one second. Let me bring this up. Stop bringing these weak teams. We need big. The problem, Brandon, is not East Carolina. These teams are not coming to us, my friend. I love you to You're death. Correct. I appreciate your passion. It's not that we're scared to schedule Alabama or bring them in. They won't come to Greenville. It has nothing no. to do with us. Uh, I so I'm harsh on the scheduling. But you can't blame you that. Be realistic. That, yeah. yeah, you can't. I don't Pittsburgh, blame Pittsburgh pays pay, with the pays that mentioned Pittsburgh. Pitt, yes. Pitt's a realistic opponent. That that is a home and home. 
that, you know, I, I think at one point they'd be very interested in, meaning Pitt. They come to North Carolina a lot now already because of being in the ACC. But, yeah, Pitt is somebody you need to have a conversation with, um, for sure. Syracuse. We used to play Syracuse. Yes, Syracuse. They fall into the same category as Pitt. They come to North Carolina a lot now already, but it's still somebody you should have a conversation with. Matt suggested Rutgers. Rutgers is the Big Ten. They don't come to this area much anymore, but they still recruit this area. Um, so, to me, Rutgers makes a lot of sense to have a conversation with. Maryland is somebody we should have a conversation with. Maryland is a great um, idea. We That D.C. area, we have a lot of fans there. Uh, we talk about recruiting. There's a lot of, uh, Matt, you know, uh, being up north in that area, a lot of great players in the D.C. area, the DMV. No doubt. Uh, Axel says, guys, Central Michigan, Minnesota, Kentucky, North Dakota, state trying to think here. North Dakota is interesting, actually, because that is a, a tremendous FCS opponent, but it's still an FCS opponent. Uh, North Dakota will knock your damn block off, and then you've lost to an FCS no team. To play That's a tough one. That's a tough yeah, one. Yeah. We got a home and home with Boise actually down the road, Brandon. That that's actually that's actually already signed. Um, yeah, uh, we we already have uh, we already have a home and home with Boise, so that's coming down the road, Brandon. Um, Air Force is somebody I would conversation. And Kyle, this goes back to our conversation about the bowl game, how we could have tried to potentially leverage something out of it. It's so hard yeah. to get people to come to Greenville. Yeah. You know, like to your point earlier, both of you guys made the point. We with Washington State and Boston College, we could have tried to leverage something more out of it. So um, you got to try to take advantage of those, of those opportunities when they present themselves. Yeah, pays them. President State, President State's a good opponent. I, you know, I just don't know how how much sense that makes to travel to California for them to travel here. Um, they're certainly a good opponent. Um, they don't give you that power five brand like a Washington state was the point that Matt was just making, trying to leverage the bowl game to get a home and home down the road. I'd be excited as crap to play Fresno state. Oh yeah. Um, I think all of us would, yeah. but I don't know your average East Carolina fan, not people that watch the show, not people that are on hoist of colors, but your average college football fan. I don't know how excited they're going to be about Fresno state. Cause I, it, while if you're a diehard, you obviously know what Fresno state is. You know, they, they, you know, they, they back when we were rolling, people used to refer, you know, in the early 2000s, I remember Fresno State being referred to as the East Carolina or Southern Miss of the West Coast, you know, back when Pat Hill first had Fresno going. So I'd love a home and home with Fresno State. I, I don't know how many other people would. Um, that's an interesting hey, question. But they, look, but they're still an FBS opponent. Yeah, and they're great. They're a great right. opponent. And Matt, you had the a reason great I bring up Air Force is because Air Force recruits the Carolinas. And you, you got Air Force bases in this area with Seymour Johnson. Yes. I think Air Force will probably draw pretty well. Make that military. I don't know how excited, I don't know how excited Coach would be about playing two uh, wishball teams. So. Yeah, I say we avoid that one. <laughs> but but even, even, you know, even beyond what's in it from a recruiting perspective for us, I like the opportunity to go to different parts of the country. Like Fresno State, I, I, I would be all for that. Not that we can recruit that area, but it gives us a chance to elevate our program and create right. from like a branding perspective because, and I have this conversation a lot of times having, you know, I live obviously very far from Greenville. Um, we need to brand our program and, and, and make it exactly. more of a, you know, a national or, or, or yeah. a East coast type program. Um, so those things help out. What about a somebody mentioned Buffalo? Somebody mentioned Buffalo talking about home and homes. With East Coast teams, uh, I'm 
you know, I, again, I don't know how much appeal Buffalo would have. But Buffalo's a quality opponent in recent years. They've they've done really well in the MAC. Um, so, uh, hey guys, Robert says a two one one neutral in Charlotte with uh, Georgia. It's not going to happen, guys. It's not going to happen. It, it's just not. Georgia Georgia's not leaving the state of Georgia for a non conference game unless it's against somebody like Ohio State. I mean, it's, it, it would be more somebody like Vanderbilt. Or Mississippi State, hey, Georgia State, lower level hey, SEC yeah. team. I think we can get in here possibly. Guys, Georgia We could be yeah, exactly. We could play a lot of schools that are power five teams that Kyle talks a lot about. That an Illinois, for example, in the Big Ten, um, that we yeah. would have when that's a game that we would have a realistic chance of winning the game. Uh, some payback for the hey, uh, not to bring up a sore subject, Matt, but that Liberty Bowl. Uh, <laughs> Um, but payback to them. Uh, but, you know, that that's the thing. Uh, Illinois, you look at, like you guys were saying with, uh, would you think about Vanderbilt? They have their program is god-awful um, and the yeah. SEC. Um, but we would definitely, Nashville is a great, great city to travel. I love that. It's one of my favorite cities in America. I uh, love country music. I just love that whole scene, the whole vibe there. And, and, and something else, something else I would recommend, too, is – UCF is leaving the American. They're going to be a Big 12 school. Yes. We have a long history with UCF. I would be talking to UCF about scheduling a long-term home-and-home. Home, or if they didn't want to do a long-term, just, just just do one home-and-home home with them. I'd be talking to UCF right now about continuing that series. Houston, maybe. Uh, maybe. I don't know how much interest Houston's going to have, whereas UCF makes a lot more sense travel-wise. Um they're going to be making plenty of trips now out west. They're going to want some more regional opponents. And uh, as, as, as you know, as the broad scheme of things, we're pretty regional for UCF versus all the Texas schools. What, what it pays to put up there? Pat White, huh? Pat White. Wow. They, Campbell just hired Pat White. He'll be a return to Greenville for the first time since 2008. Oh, wow. We kicked his ass the last time he came to Greenville. We'll do it again. <laughs> Come get your beat down, Pat White, again. <laughs> Robert says, let's go to LSU one and done. If you're going to take a money game, um, LSU uh, would be would be an interesting one. How about the University of Washington game, as Jason talks about? Yeah, in the early '90s. Yeah, we got our asses kicked. Um, Duke um, won't play us. Uh, yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, uh, Duke getting back on the schedule would be something that would make a lot of sense. Uh, I'm sure those conversations that they haven't been had, they should. They got a new AD. Uh, yeah, Duke back on the schedule is something that needs to happen at some point. That's that's a good one, Brandon. Yep. And, and, you know, a lot of people kind of balk at these one-and-dones. I, I like them every few years, you know. Yeah. I love every the fact few that we're years. at Michigan. Yeah. You know, we're at Michigan, right, in a few years. That's going to be awesome. I'm, I'm going to that game. I'll tell you guys right now uh, if anybody wants to go. Um, if you want to do one every five years, that's fine. The last time we yeah. did one was 2015. Um, this is, so at this rate, it's once every 10 years. I'm okay with doing it once every five years. I even I, I would even prefer like even you know once every two or three years. And I'll tell you yeah, why. Man. Just from a perspective of like the, you know that Florida game, we got great exposure that night. We should have won it. Well, we talk about store subjects, you know, went down to the last few plays, but um, great exposure again from a branding perspective, from a recruiting perspective. I would love to see us go to a place like Penn State. I mean, it, it's a top venue in the country. Um, so maybe not every two years, but at least every three years, I'd be okay with that. Here's why you do it. Here's exactly why you do it. Because if you have look at look at where we are, our program is climbing. 
if we were under the Montgomery area, we're getting our butts kicked every week. You, you don't want to have that because it'll be really difficult to get a six win. But where our program is heading, I really feel like that down the line uh, that our resume is going to be such that how about if we do the one time that we upset a Penn State or Michigan and you have a miracle season, you can you, circle that non-conference. You guys, you got to be real careful. And the reason I say it, do it once every five years. You start. You, you think it's tough to get home games now? You start doing this crap once every two or three years, ain't nobody in a Power Five conference going to come here. You can hang it up. NC State, UNC, nobody in a Power Five conference is going to come here if they see you doing that crap every two years or so. If they see you, well, hell, Penn State, Pittsburgh, for example. Well, hell, Penn State just got to buy a game with East Carolina. Why the hell should we give them a home and home? It's, it's their own perception of themselves. And you, you start doing that too much, I'm telling you right now, you're going to have other teams that are going to go, well, we're in the same conference as them. We're in the same state as them. We're not going to give them a home and home. Michigan's there are a few programs that are different animals. Michigan, uh, I think LSU, uh, Texas, uh, Oklahoma, um, th those are different animals. But you, you can't you can't just start doing it willy nilly, or you're going to you're going to you're going to end up hurting yourself. You're going to get nobody to give you a home and home outside of Old Dominion. Well, hey. I tell you one thing right now, uh, we've got to get away from. I, I don't. I'm not an FCS fan at all. I, I am not an FCS fan. Uh, I think the, the same point that you made, yeah, Kyle. I agree with you. The, the same. I agree with Bob there. Uh, the the same thing that you talked about with the uh, the buy games is the same problem I have with SCS. We're trying to we're trying to elevate our program. And we need to have, but everybody does that, Dave. Everybody does that. I don't care. We're U not USC a plays USC plays FCS. NC State plays FCS. So it, it's, it's not. They say? Do it now. We should do what they say, or should we do what's uh, what's best for our program? We want to be the best, right? Well, what do you want to do? You want to play two bye games every year? I mean, you, no, you're not going to get anybody to come no. here. I'm saying that's my point. I'm not saying to play a bye game every year. I just mentioned you, you no got to have six home games. Run. You got to have six home games, and it, it, at least six. You need you, sometimes you need seven, and so that's going to require an FCS opponent most years. I, now you should never play. Two. Army has an opening. Well, there you, there you go. But I, I, I'd love to play Army. I think Mikey Stadium and um, and West Point's a beautiful place. Uh, and I think Army draws well in Greenville. Historically, we know they do. So, do a home and home with Army I, again. I don't know how excited Coach is going to be about playing two uh, wishbone teams, but uh, no problem doing a home and home with Army. Um, that's that, the that's, only that's problem. I, that is a beautiful venue, fellas. Beautiful you venue, there, right? You, we did, yeah, absolutely awesome place. So, I, I, so I agree with with Pays on that one. That would be a good one. You done? What Navy is such a handful. My God. I just don't know if I want to see that option anymore uh, than, than once a year. But but in theory, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, UConn, it makes you better. If you, if you see it twice, you're going to practice for it twice. UConn, yeah. uh, Matt, your, your thoughts? Hey, I'm f absolutely fine with that. It's got to be, you know. Uh, close drive for you. <laughs> it's it, For me, it's perfect, you know, uh, but I have no problem with that. Um you know, I, I know that they, they have Northern Illinois that might work out for us where they come to Greenville. Mac I, teams, I, I, I have no problems with. Yeah, well, Northern Illinois, uh, they're, they're a good quality program. Uh, got a lot of name recognition, and, and I think you could sell the fact that Jeff Comfer, even though they hate him too, you could you could pretend like that you know they love him, and then just have people come out. <laughs> we could have the Jeff. Yeah, we, we, can have, we can have the Comfer Bowl. 
Yeah, that's what I was saying. <laughs> we can play for a statue of Jeff Comper. No, please don't. The loser has to take the statue, the trophy. <laughs> um, that's pretty good. <laughs> um, well, you know, th- as far as the MAC, you know, that I've been saying for years, I think that from a recruiting perspective, I'd like to see us go head to head with the Mac in terms of getting offensive linemen. It's really tough for us to get offensive linemen here. We, we all know it's a huge challenge. And I've been saying this forever that I, I would like to see us go into Mac country more often and try to recruit those kids. Even, even guys who are committed, right? You have guys committed to like ball state, Miami, Ohio, they get good linemen at those schools, try to poach them. So I wouldn't be opposed to doing that. You know, going into uh, you know a Northern Illinois or or you know some sort of series with like a Miami Ohio somebody along those lines. Missouri would be somebody to have a conversation with. Pays. I, I don't know that I would do a two for one with Missouri. I don't know if they would do a home and home with us. But yeah, that's worth having a conversation with. Um, now this year, I, this year Missouri went to to BC, I believe. I, I think I may be mistaken. I think here in recent years that uh, Missouri may have gone to UConn. Do you, you recall that man? I know, I know Michigan went to UConn. Missouri did a home-and-home home with UMass, according according to uh, – Okay, to yeah. Pace, I mean, uh, maybe it was UConn and UMass, but it, I, I recall that as well, Pace. UTSA is going to be a member of, of, of the American Four Bush. Uh, USC ain't coming here. UCLA ain't coming here. Texas Tech would be an interesting one to have a conversation with, along with Louisville. We have a terrible tr- relationship traditionally with Louisville, though. Louisville makes a lot of sense, but we have a terrible relationship with them traditionally. And Kentucky would be another team that we could would be cool to play. Uh, another terrible relationship with them traditionally. Uh, yep. They pulled out of a home game back in '98. Um, but uh, you know, there, there's a lot of schools that you know, Power Five is getting harder and harder. But you got to have this conversations. You got to try to get them in here. Um, I think, you know, I, I, think, I think some would. I don't think uh, most wouldn't, but yeah. I think some would. And then yeah, some, some have been brought up. Some have been brought up that I think would. Um, I think there's definitely uh, maybe Indiana. Um, it's another one you, you should talk to. Purdue. Hey, another uh, one you should talk to. Matt, I had um, uh, guys. I had a question for you. What about uh, you? Always hear about the the one conference uh, that you always hear about as far as the bias. You always hear about the Pac-12. You know they. They always want to be in the Eastern time zone because they have those late games and they want to have a yeah. – why not have some, maybe a, a school or two from the Pac-12 that we could, we could look at Utah, you know, uh, and I doubt Oregon would, uh, USC. Oregon State. Would. Oregon State. Yeah, I Oregon would, State. I would love it. I would love it. It's just different. It's fresh. Yeah. It's something exciting for the fan base when you play a new team um, that you've never played before. So I, I would love to see it. Yeah. I'll tell you somebody that surprisingly historically has been willing to go to group of five schools and they got a lot of money. Uh, Oklahoma state, Oklahoma state has, uh, has been, has been willing to do the Utah state. That's another good, that falls into that Fresno state category. It, it's, it's a great opponent. I just don't know how many of our fans that really care about playing Utah state. I'd be excited for it. I'd be excited. Um, yeah. It, it's a good opponent for sure. To your point, Kyle, as far as Oklahoma State, I remember them going to Troy as well as South Alabama. Yeah, yeah. and had, didn't they do a home and home with, or two for one with Central Michigan? Also, seems like it. We can. Yeah. We, there's there's opportunities out there, fellas, and you know that that. But that's uh, you know, that's the art of being an athletic director is making deals, right? 
just like we had a situation yeah. on the 26th. Whether or not the deal would have happened or not, we'll never, unfortunately, never know. But it's the art of making a deal that's missing right now. And that's the one thing that Terry Holland, what would Terry mm-hmm. do? Terry can make a deal better than anybody, brother. He can make a deal. I'm not saying he was perfect. We're not putting him up on the pedestal way up there, but he's probably the best AD. You know what he told Dave Hart when Dave Hart called him about uh, about uh, asking East Carolina for a buy game and offered him a million dollars? You know what he told Dave Hart when he was at Tennessee? Do you? Do you, Anybody? No, I don't. Nope. Bubba, you remember this? Uh, Dave Hart called Terry Holland and offered him a buy game for a million dollars to come to Tennessee. And Terry's response, we'll give, we'll give you two million to come here. <laughs> yes. See, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, because he said he said if it would have happened, he said I'm, he said I'm, I, I would have figured where to come up with the money from. Exactly. Exactly. You figure it out, and yeah. that's to me what we need. And, and you know, I'm not saying get rid of John. John, just go go take some plays from the Terry Holland playbook. And I know you got to be your own man. You got to be who you are, but. To me, Terry Holland did things the right way here. And some he people thought Oklahoma – remember for a time it seemed like Oklahoma may come to Greenville. It was real close to happening. It was real close to happening. They did, that, yes, they did. Oklahoma State sure did, James. They they did. Uh, I forgot about that. Illinois yeah, they did. That was a long time ago. But, yes, they did. Illinois and Oklahoma State both did a home-and-home with Southern Miss. San Diego State at home and home with Central Michigan. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, so it's possible. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And you put up on if you have a uh, a board, and you put all the teams you want. It's like asking a lady out. If you only ask one out, she's not. She's probably going to say no. Yeah. I think San Diego State is another one like Fresno. I think San Diego State would probably be interested in doing a home and home with us. I, I don't know. Again, you know. I don't know what our fans' perception is of Mountain West schools. I, I like. I, I look at Mountain like West it. football with the American, and uh, I, I, any of those Mountain West brands to me are good brands. And Sunbelt, we've got Sunbelt, Mountain West. I mean, every conference. Oh, should be. home and home. Yeah, I, I think those will happen. I think those will happen. I, Southern Miss to me, and we just had James speak of a good friend of the podcast, one of my personal best friends, is a Golden Eagle, and. I think every East Carolina fan that grew up with the rivalry, Matt played in those games. I think they'd love to see a home and home with Southern Miss done again, and that's one we could easily get done. I think and Southern Miss fans would love it, and East Carolina fans would love it. No question about it. A great uh, football atmosphere there at the Rock in Hattiesburg, and then you have Greenville. It's a it's a no brainer. It's a win win, uh, no doubt about it. I just there's so many schools that we could spend hours. We don't have the time, fellas, but just the fact that. Uh, and we're not even in the athletic department. Look at the great suggestions we have, not being patronizing, but look at our the guys that are and ladies that are on the show that chime in every every show we have. The How would you guys feel about a home and home with Middle? Uh, they uh, I have the, no you, you get to travel out to Nashville. Um, uh, w- would that be something? Everybody chime in, Middle Tennessee. I have no problems with Middle Tennessee uh, being Conference USA. Um, I have no problems with them, and I think that. With uh, you, you talk about that. You were talking about Vanderbilt. It's another school there, and obviously inside of Nashville, um, I have no problems playing them. I know their program is down, but but hey, it's an SEC school. Uh, we go there. Uh, if you can get all in all with Vandy, you take it. Yeah, who yeah. cares? But I'm glad they're down. Let's beat the crap out of them. And it's an SEC win. No, no, no. I'm saying. I'm just saying this. Uh, what I'm saying is, it's a, ch- a realistic chance to win the game, and we're not going there to get blown out 
70 to 14 or something where we could actually win that game. Uh, you know, in Nashville, recruiting. Oh, we better be. Right now, I would expect to be Vanderbilt. No, no, I know. I'm just saying, but we're we're looking at schedules a few years from now. You don't know. It's not for sure. next year. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying, look at teams that I think we need to look at team power five teams that right now may be down. Who knows? In a few years, they may be up. But just the fact that Illinois, I mentioned there's teams in the Big Ten. There's uh, Rutgers, Maryland, uh, teams that we would have a, a shot at. Uh, yeah, so we want to um, Purdue's of the world, you know, teams like Purdue, yeah. teams that are that are middle to lower of the pack in their uh, Power Five conferences. I think are more willing to do it. Yes, you know, maybe well, not right now, obviously, but like traditionally, like an Iowa State, um, somebody along those lines. There you go. Air Force needs a game in twenty four. <laughs> no Middle Tennessee. Rather, well, of course you'd rather try for Vandy. I agree, but you know, just 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 throw a middle out there. Uh, Baylor did a home and home with that's more regional. L Waco, Texas, and Ruston, Louisiana are very close to each other, probably closer than even what you realize. Um, so that's a very regional home and home. Um, hey, hey, really quick, really quick, yeah. just to jump. I gotta just mention Baylor. I, I have to mention that defense last night was flying around, they were physical, they they brought it to Ole Miss. I got to give them major. They played a hell of a game last night. Um, just since, since we mentioned Baylor, I just wanted to jump in there with that. That's an impressive program. Hey, yeah, they, yeah. Would have loved how, to how that game would have turned out had Matt Corral not gotten injured. That, that would have been. A, I mean, because it was still a tremendous game, but uh, obviously that was yeah. a huge blow for the Rebs. Yeah, James just made a good point that, that, that their current AD, uh, who who. Uh, just made an interesting move to take them to the Sun Belt. Um, their current AD said this TV money has made it much harder for Power Five schools to do a home and home with uh, with Southern Miss, and I would imagine we're, we're probably experiencing similar. Um, uh, though I think we're in a better spot than, than than Southern is at this point to get a home and home. Um, guys, we need to touch on basketball real fast before we get out of here. Bubba, take it. Yeah. Yeah, the Pirates have not played since December 21st when, when we took down Southern Miss, uh, coincidentally. Um, but we're scheduled to play on December 29th against Wichita State. Shockers flew to Greenville. That game was not able to happen. And then uh, today's game, or yesterday's game, I should say, with uh, South Florida was not able to happen as a result of the same COVID pause. Next scheduled game, Wednesday night against Tulane. Tulane's off to a 2-0 start with wins. Get this, guys, uh, at home over Memphis. Uh, and Memphis bounced back, just throttling Wichita State uh, yesterday. And then uh, Tulane won yesterday up at um, the Shoemaker Center, or, or Fifth Third Arena, as they call it now, at the Shoemaker Center. Um, they won 68-60 to over the Bearcats. So Ron Hunter's got it going on down there uh, with Tulane. Yeah, and I'm assuming that we would know by tomorrow. I, I'm, I'm guessing. Do you think it'll be tomorrow we'll get word if we're playing the Wave? Yeah, I tried to, to I attempted to find out something today, but uh, no word as of yet. Uh, but we'll certainly put it out there as soon as we find out. And um, after the Wednesday's game against Tulane, um, the next scheduled game is on Saturday at Temple. And, guys, okay. uh, certainly with that, we'll uh, keep an eye on that, something that happened last year. We had a great start, guys. Remember, 7-1, and one, and then the program yeah. – Get COVID, same thing this year, not cool. in three. 
so uh, we'll see, we'll keep an eye on that. Hopefully the same thing. We don't have a repeat of last year. We'll see how that plays out. And I know Bubba, we've got a lot of great programming coming up, um, coming up over the next week. I guess uh, I know we, we have nothing. We're not going to have any shows. No shows whatsoever. <laughs> uh, I know Corey Glor is coming on. Um, that'll be coming. Hello, up. gentlemen. Yeah, hello, gentlemen. Guys, any word on who the hell's going to call our baseball games? No, I was wondering. That was something I've been wanting to know, but uh, have not heard anything on that. Uh, been wanting to know the last few weeks after we had Coach Godwin on. I didn't. Uh, we didn't have a, a lot of time that day, or I wish we had more time with Coach, and maybe at some point we can get more time with him. Um, but we can, can, we, can we is that something? Who would we be contacting about that? Uh, would that be something, Malcolm? I mean, that's Malcolm that's media be. more than it is baseball. Who who would we contact to see if there's he's if a sports information maybe, director for baseball? So I'm sorry, guys, I stepped away for a moment. What's that, Kyle? Uh, who the hell's calling baseball? Yeah, that's a that's a good uh, question. I have not heard that. I was thinking of that today when I was – tomorrow we'll have Corey Glore, um, voice of the Green Wave, on to talk about that matchup Wednesday. Um, if it happens, um, we'll go ahead and talk to Corey, talk about Tulane's hot start to conference play, and also talk a variety of topics, as we always do when we have Corey on the show. And then on uh, Thursday, we'll have former East Carolina defensive coordinator and former La Tech defensive coordinator, David Blackwell, as well as Rini Angolia from ESPN. We'll catch up with those two uh, to talk about the national championship game between Bama and Georgia and also, I'm sure, a variety of other college football topics. No doubt. Let's see where Skip Holtz is going to land. Uh, is he going to be an analyst? Uh, you know, where, yeah, where's... Word had it that, uh, I mean, this may not end up happening but um word had it that may, maybe uh, skip wanted to step away for a while and uh you know kind of go a different route like administration rather than jumping right back into coaching oh i'll be yeah, AD. for the implied um i uh guys uh we, we need to research this baseball thing uh i don't know if we need to contact malcolm uh someone we need to contact uh, maybe the voice knows I, I i don't know we need to find out who's calling baseball to be sure, I would say, I mean, I certainly would expect Malcolm's on top of things. He does an excellent job. And yes, yeah, but I'll, 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 I'll reach out Malcolm to see if that has been decided by IMG in East Carolina. I mean, yeah, I, you know, we had that one guy on. Who was that one dude on that we suggested for the job? Uh, he called Team USA Baseball. Oh, um, you're talking about, uh, Daryl Vaughn, yes. is that his name? Da yeah, yeah. I, I'd like to see. I think his. I think he would. It, it, yeah, I, you know. I He's think he would be a the high point. Uh, high, high point Panthers, and uh, you know, he, he does an excellent job, and obviously has a familiarity, I guess, with Cliff Godwin. Yeah, I'd like to see him get the job. Uh, based on based on you know, I, I'm sure whoever gets it will do a good job. Well, I'll tell you but, uh, based on people I know. Um, I'd like to see him get the job. Uh, I'd love, you know, I don't know how much longer Jeff's planning on doing things, meaning the voice uh, are, are going back a few years. Campbell's current play-by-play -play football and basketball guy was our baseball voice several years back, and I love him. Um, if, if he could, could he step in? Chris Haymeyer. Haymeyer. Could he step, come back and do baseball with, with the caveat of, of – uh, play-by-play and waiting to take over for the voice whenever he decides to step down because 
that's who, you know, if, if I'm replacing Jeff Charles without doing a national search, I love Chris Haymeyer. Um, I'll tell you who I love. I, I'm a huge fan of Pat of Patrick Keenis. Uh, he obviously is AAA. He's uh, the voice of the Bulls. Uh, he's filled in a lot on ESPN uh, Plus, but I love uh, Keenis. I think he does a great job. Uh, I mean, the guy, like, the guy. You mean, you, mean to, you mean to come back to replace whenever whenever the voice retires? Yeah. Yeah, I mean he that he can call baseball. He, I mean, the guy announces for the Olympics, guys, and he's not far away from us. He announces. Yeah, for the- I, I wonder. I wonder how much he's making as a Triple A play by play guy. I wonder versus. Oh. I wonder if he'd be. You know, I, I don't know. I wonder if he's got goals with Major League. But I can tell you what, Haymar would come back in a minute. If he's uh, great, yeah, I like him yeah. too. He would definitely but, uh, you know have a list. But he's not coming back just for baseball. This is. This is again, and I'm right. not trying to push Jeff Charles out the door. I'm just just making an observation. No doubt about it. James says he thinks I should call the the games. Uh, no, James, um, that's not my that that's not my forte. So see, he he's got jokes. I appreciate you, James, but um, no, I appreciate that very much. But that's not what I'm more of like what we're doing now. That's my thing. It's not play by play or color would not be my. Analysts would not be my thing, but uh, I do enjoy it. I, I could definitely do the producer, maybe help out the sideline reporter, something like that, but not play by play is very hard for sure. It's not I want to see you with a mic on the sideline in the middle of a rainstorm, Dave. All right, let's 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 bring it. Nobody's <laughs> heard that. I tell you what, though, Marty Fuhrer, man, that guy knows the playbook better than the guy that made the playbook. He's the best. I, Dave, I, Dave getting a pissed off Mike Houston. <laughs> I, I think of Marty. I think of Marty, and I always think about back like it's in the nineties when his damn mic would never work right. It was like, better we go to Marty on the side. Uh, Jeff, we got about what's up. All right, we'll have to come back to Marty in a little bit. He's having troubles with his microphone. Me- meanwhile, Coach Logan, you know, would be like kind of like Nick Saban. Uh, very little patience going off the field. Yeah, no doubt. All right, guys, do you have anything before we go? Nah, happy New Year to everybody. I uh, hope 2022 is good to everyone. And uh, hey, look, Matt's back. He morphed into a person again. I uh, hope everybody has a good 2022, and uh, hopefully it begins better than it ends. Uh, that didn't make a lot of sense, but you know what I mean. What about you, Bubba? <laughs> uh, the same. I uh, hope everyone's 2022 is off to an excellent start. Um, like I had up on the screen a moment ago, or, you know, if you're an East Carolina fan, whether you're an alumni or not, uh, if you're a pirate fan, uh, we need everybody we can get on the ship, and uh, and by on the ship, I mean joining the pirate club two five two seven three seven forty five forty, and um, go ahead and you you can join for you know, less than nine bucks a month, and we desperately need pirate club members. Yeah, Pays uh, is going to come out of retirement. He says he did the Ann Donovan show in ninety four ninety five. He said, "Let me know if I can come out of retirement." Pays, we love you, man. Yeah, and uh, you don't be yeah, a wants to be the play by play boys, or I guess, or do a studio show, or I don't, I don't know. I guess I think Hayes is gonna call baseball. That would be great. Hey, it would be fun. It would definitely be. I can promise you, with Pays, it would definitely be entertaining for sure. And we might get more listeners that way because uh, all that downtime, he would have a lot of uh, great commentary, a lot of jokes, a lot of stories. I, I, I would listen. Bubba, hey, save that clip you know, right there. Save that, Bubba. Save that clip right there, and take it out of context and play it for Corey Glore 
that we might get more listeners that way with pays <laughs> and play it for Corey Glore uh, when we have him on later this week. Wow, that's not the way I meant it. Wow. Hey, you know, pays and Donovan was six eight. Um, did, did she ever dunk on you? <laughs> no doubt. More uh, be the sideline guy. So um, anyway, guys, uh, happy New Year to everybody. Looking forward to it. We're getting ready to, we're guys, uh, two months away from four years of doing the show. Not any other podcast can say that. We are the original podcast of the Pirates. Uh, we have the voice of the Pirates for sure. And we appreciate the, that we used to scrimmage the girls team. There you go. Uh, and you notice Kyle was not invited, so uh, for a good reason, I guess. But <laughs> I was 14. There you go. There you have it. <laughs> 14 and 15. <laughs> you 94 and 95. No doubt. Anyway, before I get in trouble, guys, I uh, want to wish you the guys the best. You guys are awesome. Thanks to our great listeners, our great viewers. Uh, by the way, one more thing. I know Bubba will kill me if I don't mention. Thanks to our great sponsors. We had a lot of great sponsors this year uh, back in 21, and uh, we got more to come uh, certainly in 22 as well. And uh, by the way, uh, I want to mention, too, that we are uh, going to give tickets. We got a big show coming up, guys, January 15th. Slippery Wind Wet, the ultimate, the ultimate Bon Jovi tribute. And we want to remind uh, people you can get your tickets. Just go to InnovativeTicketing.com. We're doing the, adding that to our show, if you will, to our company. And I know Matt Semenza, we're, uh, we're going to weigh Matt Semenza seats. Four front row seats will be giving that away on the show. And um, Semenza. Yeah, that's in Williamson. That's in Williamson at the Bob Martin Ag Center, uh, the Annex building there on the, uh, on the 15th of January. Uh, what time's the show? Uh, it'll be 7.30, so it's going to be a great what time, show. What time is going to happen, Dave? Uh, about 5 o'clock. So we'll have, we'll have a couple opening acts, and uh, we'll get a chance to – we'll have some pirate beverages. you got food there. It's going to be a great time. And maybe, just maybe, we'll see Matt Semenza come in. You never know. If there's a cheap flight, if anybody knows where – hey, Pays, you know where we can get a cheap flight from, like have – you, Have you let Mike Houston know? Mike Houston's a huge Bon Jovi fan. Maybe – Maybe uh, maybe we can get Pirate fans to come out if we can get Mike Houston on stage to introduce Slippery when wet. Hey, if he wants to come, he can definitely do that. Uh, open invitation, Coach. Uh, obviously, he has great taste in music. and uh, Also a big that. Journey fan. Yeah, and we have, uh, we'll be announcing some shows we have in Greenville. Uh, that's a nice little tease. We have four shows in Greenville um, at the State Theater in downtown Greenville, uptown Greenville, rather. Uh, we'll yeah, be Dave is bringing Cody Jinx to the State Theater. I appreciate it, Dave. Uh, uh, it's Cody I, Jinx and Whiskey Myers. It's going to be great. I love them. I don't think I can afford them for sure. Um, but anyway. Uh, yeah, the Pirates Cub. Hey, it's the hip place. It's the cool place. It is the only place on social media where the cool kids hang out in Pirate Nation. Forget the other places. This is the place for you. It is the Pirates Cove. Go join it and let's talk Pirate Athletics. Skip the BS, come to the best, baby. All right. And uh, Rick Minner says that he knows Bon Jovi personally. Maybe we can get him on. That would be awesome, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be great? Have John Bon Jovi. Yeah, we, 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 we're right. Rick did say he uh, he knew uh, John Bon Jovi. Uh, he, uh, maybe maybe we can talk to uh, to Coach and see uh, see if he can make some phone calls and get uh, get Bon Jovi on. Hey, fun, fun fact about Bon Jovi. Uh, my favorite artist of all time is a guy named Chris Ledoux. Uh, the most underrated country artist of all time, the the Cowboys Cowboy. Him and Bon Jovi did a duet together called Bang a Drum. Um, if you want to hear an interesting song, go check that out on YouTube. 
I did not know that. And I love both of them. So I will. And uh, so anyway, uh, make sure you go to InnovativeTicketing.com to get your ticket search for Slippery When Wet. It's in two weeks at Bob Martin. Love to have you there. And guys, thank you so much. We'll get out of here. We'll see you next time on the Sports Objective. Good night, everybody, and go Pirates. Coming to the Bob Martin Egg Center in Williamson, January 15th at 7.30. Do you love Bon Jovi? Then you're going to love being there for Slippery When Wet, the ultimate Bon Jovi tribute band. This will be the biggest show in Eastern Carolina to start the new year. Tickets are $25 in advance or $30 at the door. Get your tickets now for Slippery Win West, the ultimate Bon Jovi tribute band in Williamston, January 15th at InnovativeTicketing.com. And enter Slippery Win West in the search bar. This band was featured this season on the E-Network's Clash of the Cover Band. Slippery Win West, the ultimate Bon Jovi tribute band. Live at the Bob Martin Egg Center, January 15th in Williamston. Get your tickets now at InnovativeTicketing.com. Search Slippery When Wet. Hey, this is Jason from Slippery When Wet. I wanted to let you know that January 15th, we're going to be at the Bob Martin Agricultural Center in Williamston, North Carolina. Uh, we booked the show during uh, COVID and the shutdown or whatever, and it got rescheduled. And so we're happy to be finally coming back uh, to see you guys in North Carolina. Tickets are available now.